It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sunday Session. This is part of the Sprint Lane podcast for Harness Racing New South Wales. My name is Greg Hayes and for the next 30 minutes or so, I'm going to talk harness racing in the state ad-free. What's on the show today? Well, first up, I'm going to speak with Joe Connolly. Joe has been around the sport for over a decade. He is a policeman, full-time policeman, but spends a lot of his spare time working horses and he is enjoying some great success. Uh, picked up his 99th career winner as a trainer at Menangle when King of Love won the trot last night. So a big milestone just around the corner for Joe and I thought it was a good chance to get him on the show today to find out a little bit about King of Love, a little bit about Joe and how he got involved in the sport of harness racing and I'll ask him where the Stable Star Loyalist is as well. So a lot to get through with Joe Connolly. You know how I love talking to first-time winners on the show? Well, young Hayley Ingold enjoyed her first training winner on Friday night at Newcastle. Hayley was born into the sport as the granddaughter of Charlie Camilleri, who was a much-respected trainer in the Hunter Valley for a long time. I actually had a couple of horses with Charlie late in his career, and you wouldn't find a nicer bloke in the sport. So no surprise to see that his granddaughter has picked up a bit of his horsemanship and humble nature. So I'm looking forward to catching up with Hayley on the show. Thanks to Mitch, who reached out to me to let me know about Hayley in her first-time win. I try and keep across most of what is happening in the sport, but if you know of someone who has enjoyed their first win, Find me on Twitter or Facebook, Instagram. Let me know. Always happy to have a chat with the first-time winners in New South Wales. The Menangle Express is back where I look at each of the races at Menangle and see if we can spot a few winners into the future. Mr T finally got a winner, but the gap didn't close much between him and I, so I'll pass on this week's tips at the end of the show, and I'll also have a quick wrap of Fantasy Harness Racing 2. Plenty to get through on the show, but first up, let's speak with Joe Connolly. Twenty-nine the quarter. Can King of Love keep going? Looking for an all-the-way win. Going off stride on the outside. There has escaped the pace. There's plenty of room now for the chasers to come. But the leader kicks. It's King of Love in front. Jakarta's trying hard down the outside. Finishing very hard now is Monarch Stride and dashing up on the inside is a fair to cover. But King of Love's got them covered. And King of Love wins the last. Beats the fast finishing a fair to cover. Monarch Stride have no fear. Trainer Joe Connolly picked up his 99th career victory at Menangle on Saturday night when King of Love took out the Trotters. And with his 100-win milestone looming, I thought we'd catch Joe on the podcast and have a chat with him. Congratulations on the win, Joe. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Mate, um, tell us a little bit about King of Love. Um, few few starts when it first arrived for you. Looked as though it was going to win and didn't. But all of a sudden, uh, last night, really put it together. Yeah, he's a little bit quirky. He's... Quite a nice animal, actually. He's a good trotter in general. Um, but it's just taken a little bit of time just to work out probably the best way to drive him um, and work out how to, to keep him comfortable in his races. He, he's just he's a real spooky animal and he resents the stick. And, you know, there's a few little things that you have to, to work with him on. Um, but I think we're, we're pretty comfortable with where we've got him now and he, he's trotting quite well. 
he was very impressive last night because there was, the, you know, they asked questions of him at the start. He had to work forward to uh, and, and protect that inside. But once he was able to do that, he, uh, he, he looked to relax really well. Yeah, he's got good manners. He um, once he got once he was able to establish a lead, he came back to him really well. He got a good breather through that second quarter, and yeah, they didn't go particularly hard in that first half overall. So it just meant that when he hit the top of the lane, he, he still had a lap on the horse. And he was able to to extend out and you know run a good quarter coming home, which obviously makes it pretty hard for those coming from behind. He's he's done a good job since he's arrived in the country for you. He's uh, he's won a few races and he's run a few placings. He, he really hasn't put in a bad a, a bad performance. No, he hasn't. He's been really consistent, and that's probably, you know, what I was looking for in, in buying a trotter. I hadn't had one before, and it's sort of, it's, it's hard to do the, the form in New Zealand and know what they're going to be able to do when they come over here. The, the racing style is just so different, but the thing I did like about him is that he trotted. He rarely made a mistake, and he didn't run a bad race. He just wasn't always winning, so you sort of, you're buying hope, and, you know, he's come over, and he, he's trotted well, and he's, he's kept himself in the money more or less every start. So how how did you go about finding him over in New Zealand? I uh, bought him through an agent, one of, one of my owners, Brendan Nicholas. Um, he runs BPM Bloodstock, and he, he has a list of horses on the side there. That he's always looking for, for horses over there. He's got some, some good contacts with different trainers. So he was on a list that he had. Um, I sort of said no to about 10 horses he sent me before that, and then this one came through, and he just, you know, he, when I was looking for a charter, he, he ticked the boxes of, you know, trotting well, consistent, reasonably well-bred, and... Looked to have a bit upside to him, so rolled the dice, took the punt, and you know, so far so good. How do you find the trotters compared to the paces? Uh, yeah, they're different. It takes a, a bit, probably a bit more work in, in getting them ready, and you know, just the way I do things. Like a lot of my paces, I just gallop, so I go to the track and you know, I throw a saddle and a bridle on the way we go. So it, life's pretty easy with the paces. Where the trotters, you got to be a little bit more patient with. But overall, you know. I work on the similar theory, like I'm working just within themselves on their heart rates and letting them do their work comfortably and you take them to the races and see how they go and, you know, it, you know so far it's been a pretty good experience. Um, obviously, some can be more challenging than others, but I think I've got a good one at the moment, but, you know, for, for what I've got, um, yeah, pretty happy. You had a drive on him um, just two starts ago at Penrith when he, he ran fourth. You don't drive all that often. Do you, do you like to get in the bike occasionally? Yeah, I do. That one just Sort of fell into place this time of year. A few of the, the regulars are away. I had two in the race. I season drove one, and then I did put Cameron Hart down to, to pick up to take a drive on this bike, but he um he was away, so I thought oh, I may as well go and have a steer myself. And I think I managed to cost the cell the race that night, choking him a bit hard at the start. But we won't go there. <laughs> um, you've built up a pretty good um, relationship too with Seaton Grimer. You you boys are starting to form a very strong um, partnership. Yeah, he's a good kid. He, um, you know, he's been with me since he started now, and he, um, his driving's just sort of gone to that next level probably over the last 12 months where, you know, he's always had the ability to get a horse to run, but he, he's starting to use his brain a lot more now. And, you know, in terms of, you know, doing form and the instructions that I could give him, it's really minimal now. I sort of just hand him in the reins and just say, you know, give him a good trip and away he goes. And, yeah, he gave that horse a good steer last night, got him into the right spot, got him a good breather and really made it hard for anyone to run him down. When do we see King of Love again? Uh, I think we'll go around again next week. He came through last night pretty well, so there's a, another trot next Saturday night. We'll, um, you know, we'll probably back him up there and while he, while he races strong, he seems to back up pretty well and 
and race comfortably week to week. So at this stage, it'll just he'll stay at an angle, and we'll um we'll keep ticking along and see where he can get to. He's won over the mile and the twenty three hundred meters. Does it? Do, do you have a preference? Is he suited by either of the distances? I think at this stage he's probably a better stayer. Um, I think he lacks that real high speed of, of the best trotters. But in saying that, he's sort of a, a horse that's on the way up. And I think, you know, I'm sort of I'm looking forward to the opportunity to race some of the, the better ones and just put him on a helmet and follow him around to see what he can do because I think he might actually get better for it. Um, so the time will come probably soon enough as the Victorians come up through our carnival through February and March where the trot races will get stronger again. So it'll be, it'll be nice to see how he does measure up to some of those good ones, you know, when he gets his chance. So what's the Joe Connolly story? How did you get involved in harness racing? Uh, so I came into the race, into racing through Wayne Dimmick. Um, I met him sort of outside of racing while I was still at uni and, you know, I had a bit of spare time to, to play around with. So I used to go to the races with Wayne and fill into the training side with him and he set me up and, and taught me a lot of things. And, you know, it's sort of, Got me off underway and managed to go out on my own oh, six or seven years ago and, and set up a stable and yeah you know, it's been a been a good experience something to do outside of work keeps me busy and you know it gives me a good distraction from everything else so no it's, it's become a big part of my life but it's certainly an enjoyable one. So did you have any um, you know, involvement with horses when you were younger? No, none at all. I, I haven't really touched a horse probably till I was oh, in my early twenties. Um, so when I started with Wayne, I, I knew nothing, um, but, which I think was probably a good thing. I came in with no preconceived ideas about anything, and you know Wayne was, as it turned out, you know a good person to learn from. You know, um, I would have known who a good trainer was and who wasn't when I started, but I, I certainly fell in with a good camp, and yeah, he was patient with me, taught me a lot of things, and, and set me up to have a bit of success. And you mentioned full time job as well outside of the sport, so it's so you, you got to juggle your time. Yeah, had, had some long days and early starts. Um, you know, still working in the cops full time, so generally try and line up a, a day through the through the week somewhere where I can get my hobblers done. And yeah, on my work days, I've just been getting up before the sun just to get the joggers done and get everything done at home, so that you know I can go to work and come home just more or less fleet up and I'm done for the day. So, so it's long hours, but it, it's it's rewarding when you get the results. So you're on the beat, like you are you out on the road as a as a policeman? Yeah, I am. I'm in the detective, so I'm active. Um, so I'm, you know, northwest Sydney. So we just, um, yeah, full time out here, and thankfully the office. I mean, they're, they're pretty flexible with me with what I ask them in terms of days off, and, and you know, trying to get as many Saturdays off as I can to race. But um, yeah, I have to have to work some weekends. But no, overall, work looks after me really well, and you know. As long as I put in there, when I when I am there, they're pretty happy to, to work with me to give me what I need. Mate, yeah, as I said, win ninety nine last night of your career, so you've got that big milestone coming up. Um, that's a that's a big feather in your cap. Yeah, it is actually. It's pretty exciting. I didn't realise I was quite that close to it. Um, you know, it's certainly accelerated the last few years. We've had a bit more success. We've had had some better horses come in, and probably some more numbers as well, which helped to kick them over. But um, yeah, that's something. You know, I'll be pretty proud of when it does come around. You know, it's taken a fair bit of work to get there, but it's nice to see. And how many horses you're working at the moment? Uh, so I've got five in work at the moment. Um, I sort of try and cap myself at five, sort of six at the max while I'm working. It's just, I can't put the time into them. I need to if I have any more than that. Um, yeah, three's a really comfortable number, but you know, I really like the racing, so the more the better. So five's good. It keeps me busy, but it's, it's manageable at the same time.
And what happens um, like now that you've had the success with King of Love? Will you look to get another trotter, or are you just happy just just working the one trotter? Oh, I think for now one's enough. Um, you know, I, I still probably have a preference for my paces, but at the same time, King of Love's been good to me. So you know, we'll see how that goes and, and what else comes up. I wouldn't say no to another one, um, but it's sort of you know, the, the paces of what I was brought up on. You know, that's where I started and still where my preference is for now. But yeah, certainly as the team grows and if I'm ever in a position where I can get more into the future and have bigger numbers, I'd definitely take some more trotters on. And what are some of the what are some of the paces you got in the stable at the moment? Uh, the best one at the moment is Loyalist. Um, he's taken me on a good ride, so he's done a bit of travelling this year. We've been over to Perth a couple of times and up to Brisbane and and picked up a couple of nice races along the way. So yeah, he's probably the stable star. He's on the way back from. He had to have a bit of a letter after his last trip to Perth. He got crook while he's over there, unfortunately. So he's not too far away, but um, we should have him at the trials relatively soon. And, you know, he's a, a big hope moving forward, I think, to pick up some nice races this, this coming season. How did you go with travelling a horse? Had you done that before? No, so when we went over to Perth for the Nullarbor, that was the first time I'd ever really taken a horse away in, in anything like that. And, <laughs> you know, thankfully I had some, some good contacts on the other end that were able to, to make things really easy, help me settle in. And, you know, when I found out we were going on the trip, I, I went to Jason Grimson and just had a good chat to him first and just asked him what he did. So he, he was actually really good to me, helping out and sort of walk me through what he does to help his horses get through the trip and recover and, and find their feet as quickly as possible. So, yeah, it's been a really good learning experience for me this year, having a horse that's, you know, that's capable of, of targeting some, some bigger races and, you know, working out what to do, what not to do and, you know, how to get them around as safely and comfortably and, you know, still pick themselves up at the other end as quick as possible. So, you know, we've made some mistakes as we've gone this year, but hopefully, you know, we'll be able to take some things out of that going forward and if we get some good horses going, you know, over the next few years, I'll, I'll know how to manage that better as well. And how did you get your hands on Loyalist? Uh, he was just a, one of the... Um, one of the horses on the list from the, the Kiwi Asians. He'd been up for sale for a while. He sort of hadn't really sold. I think it was for sale for nearly 12 months before I bought him. Um, and, you know, again, he wasn't a superstar in New Zealand, but he was just consistent in what he was doing. He, I think he'd only won four out of 50 or, or thereabouts, but he, he hardly ever finished worse than fifth. He, um, he was always right on the heels of the good horses that he, he seemed to run into each race. And, you know, he just ticked a lot of boxes for me in my price range of, you know, getting a horse that was going to be consistent, was going to land here on a good mark, and, yeah, look, have some, some staying ability at least, which will take you a long way in terms of, you know, winning or paying themselves back and, and just picking up checks. If they can, can keep following around and just follow the speed, then it doesn't really matter where you go. If you drive them right, you, you get half a chance to earn some money. So, you know, he came across, and he's probably better than what I, or he's definitely better than what I was expecting to get, but he, he's definitely done a good job and, you know, paid, um, pay true to the, you know, the principles that I buy on in that sense. Well, mate, uh, congratulations on the win last night. Really good job and uh, good luck with the 100th winner coming up soon. Yeah, I appreciate that, Greg. Thanks very much. Menangle Express is back where I take a look at every race at Menangle on a Saturday night and the aim is to spot future winners. Race one. Janati was the $3.50 favourite in a wide-open race to start the card. The croupier was driven aggressively off a wide draw. Young Harry Ross, I said it last week when I spoke with him on the podcast, that's one of his biggest strengths, the ability to get them off the arm. 
He launched another one and it crossed down to the pegs. Gennardi from the good draw got in behind the leader. Ideal in Dreams lobbed three pegs. Arden's ace was four pegs and Stingray Tara was behind it. This meant Brados Lad was first over. Fear Cruise and second over. Unfazed Joni N and Smithy's Terror made up the running line. They pretty much stayed in this formation until they hit the home turn. The quarters were 26-9, 28-9, 27-4, and as they approached the home bend, Brados Lad was being felt for while the croupier was still travelling, and then those from the tail started to fan wide. Gennardi came to the outside of the leader in the straight, but was beaten immediately. This gave a run to Ideal in Dreams on the pegs, and then it was up to those horses out wise, um, Unfazed, Smithy's Terror, and Stingray Tara, who had gone from last on the pegs to squeezing through the middle. In the end, the croupier was able to hang on and win. Ideal in Dreams saved all the ground to run second, while Unfazed was third. Of the rest, Stingray Tara made good ground in a final half of 55 seconds and was good for Leighton Green. Joni N was good again. It's going to win one soon. And still not sacking Smithy's Terry yet. Had to be saved for one run at them. Came wide. Arden's ace gets a pass mark too. Not sure a run fully appeared for him, and he needs to be a little bit closer. Race number two, Alta Orlando was the favourite at $3.40 and was driven off the gate from the wide draw. Did work to the front, but did do a bit of work to get there. Ended up crossing Boom, King Tiger and Tuppence, which were the marker line. Off the pegs, Little Bliss was caught wide early and had to work forward to the death seat. Titan Raider, Last Tango in Heaven, Wow, He's a Rockstar, Malcolm's Rhythm and Lineup were how they settled in the running line. 26-9 and 29-4 were the first two quarters. There were no moves down the back and Jack Callaghan revved up Alter Orlando before the turn to get him into top gear. 28-8 was that third quarter. Callaghan asked Orlando to quicken. He actually rolled off the inside as they straightened, presenting a run to boom. Little Bliss was beaten and the horses pushed wide looking for a clear run. Wow, He's a Rockstar came second widest with lineup the only runner wider. Outer Orlando looked as though he might fight them all off halfway up the straight, but the early burn told and they grabbed him late. Wow, he's a rock star, played pinball with a few at Bathurst, but back to his best behaviour, he proved too strong in a blanket finish. Lineup got home well in the straight for second, but did nothing early. Outer Orlando held on for third. The early burn cost him. Of the rest, Boom looked to have his chance on the inside. His gate speed will help him win one, though. And one you can't, to- one you can totally forgive was Tuppence for Binskin. Never got a shot at them, untested in the straight, so finished last. But you can forget that. Uh, race three was the first heat of the up to eighties, and the favourite was Neptune from the good draw at two dollars forty. He bounced on the lead in the early stages, and there weren't too many that wanted to get involved in the early stages. And the first quarter was pretty slow, twenty-eight five. Teresa Love was behind the leader. Crime Don't Pay, Gimme a Reason and Ryan's Gangster were the marker peg horses. While Nicholas Cage was caught deep, worked forward to the chair. Ricochet began well, got 1-1 cover. Then Major Statement, Sheffield Sparky and Soho Rhapsody were the running line horses. Slow second quarter, 29-3 forced the hand of Chris Geary on Major Statement, who took off three wide at around the half, but he quickly realised he wasn't going to get around them, so he grabbed hold. He went back towards the tail of the field, Robert Morris on Neptune sensed he had Nicholas Cage in trouble approaching the bend and took off on Neptune. 27-1 was the third quarter, and from there it became a pegs-dominated race. Teresa Love got off the back of the leader to have a crack. Ryan's gangster was searching for a run halfway up the straight, 
and looked to find one before Crime Don't Pay closed the door, which meant Ryan's gangster had to shift noticeably, but it managed to regain its momentum. Neptune won by an unconvincing 1.6 metres. Teresa Love finished second. Give me a reason, stuck to the inside for third. Ryan's gangster was unlucky after being chopped in half and was the run of the race outside the winner. Nicholas Cage didn't show much fight in the straight, and the stewards queried the performance, while Major Statement may have finished last, but his run was okay after the failed mid-race move. Race number four was the second heat of the up to 80s, and the carousel winner was the $2.60 favourite in the race. Uh, that was our Cosmic Major. He drew wide, he pushed off the arm, he worked to the top in the early stages. A few wanted to hold their positions early. Jala Neal and my ultimate Carter ensured the first quarter was brisk at 27 seconds. They settled down pretty quickly after the early burn. Um, the marker pegs was our Cosmic Major, Jala Neal, my ultimate Carter, Marathon Man and Arden's Reality. The running line was Stravinsky, Sir Richard Lee, Savion, Arden's Delight and our Uncle Jim. Second quarter was 30.8, which basically made it impossible for those back in the field. There were no moves in the third 400 metres as they went 28-7. And as they turned for home, our Cosmic Major looked to be travelling strongly. My ultimate Carter was able to ease wide when a gap appeared and he was able to get into the clear. Stravinsky gave the favourite backers a little bit of a scare when he loomed outside the leader, but I don't think Luke McCarthy was too concerned. Our Cosmic Major knuckled down in the concluding stages and won in a final quarter of 26-7. Stravinsky, super brave. He can win one soon. Sir Richard Lee finished third and Arden's Delight finished off down the outside for fourth. Our Uncle Jim seems to always rate a mention in this segment, but he didn't get a lot of clear air in the straight and he got to the line okay. He can win a race soon too. Race number five, the PJ Hall free-for-all was the fast-class event of the night with Hi, my name is Jeff, the $1.60 favourite. He was able to blast off gate six and cross those inside him. Luke McCarthy asked Bondi Lockdown to go with the favourite in the early stages. He never looked likely. He was crossed quickly. Uh, South Coast Arden was driven aggressively to hold the spot behind the leader. So it was Hi, my name is Jeff, South Coast Arden star major, Firestorm Red Face of Glory and Magician on the pegs. Bondi Lockdown, Mac Da Vinci, and double encounter with the running line horses. First quarter was 27-4, which is comfortable for these fast-class horses, and the second quarter of 29-7 meant the winner was going to be the one to beat. Bondi Lockdown was hanging back in the running line, encouraging something to come around him, but nothing did. Third quarter was 27-3, and as they swung for home, Bondi Lockdown was in some trouble. South Coast Arden was able to get around the car to the leader, but Hi, My Name Is Jeff was off for the prize. Mac Da Vinci, he came around Bondi Lockdown and finished off as he does. Thought Old double encounter was a place chance when he let down soon after straightening, but the leaders just found another gear. Hi, my name is Jeff first. South Coast Arden got second. Mac Da Vinci was third. And Star Major, who raced on the pegs, finished fourth. Bondi Lockdown was fifth. Gritted it out pretty well in the end after being caught doing the work in the chair. Magician hit the line well down the outside in the fast last half. And double encounter, he's still in good form. Uh, that he was showing before Christmas. Race number six was the third and final heat for the up to 80s, and the short price favourite in this one was Rock and Roll Hammer at $1.75. And surprisingly, Major Major and Jack Brown were happy enough to let Rock and Roll Hammer and Luke McCarthy stroll straight to the front. They walked through the first half with quarters of 28.6 and 30.2. They settled down on the marker pegs with Rock and Roll Hammer in front of Major Major, Rock of Delight and Shades of Heaven. In the running line was Dark Terror, Magic Mateo, Freddie Singh and Rocket Boy. Dark Terror in the chair race, Rock and Roll Hammer in the third quarter, and a few of those chasing lost contact with the leaders. 27-9 was the third quarter, and then it became a dash up the straight, and it was the two favourites who took off. Rock and Roll Hammer was trying to hold off Major Major, who came away from the inside. Jack Brown was able to get uh, was able to balance Major Major up and run over the top of Rock and Roll Hammer in the straight. 
It was Daylight back to third place. Magic Mateo grabbed third after ducking back to the pegs when Rock of Delight was struggling to hold its spot. Nothing behind the first two can figure in the final. And race number seven was the Mobile Trot to round out the card. The favourite was Have No Fear at $2.80. When the starter said go, Sunny G and On Advice were galloping. King of Love was pushed off a good draw and was trying to hold the lead. Howard James on Gunner charged off a wider draw and attempted to cross, but he couldn't. Now, as soon as uh, Gunner couldn't cross, Howard grabbed hold and was looking to get back to the pegs. At one stage, a fair to cover was on its back, but it dived back to the pegs, which helped that horse later in the race. 28-4, 32-5 were the first two quarters. In the back straight, Gunner's easing forced one Magic Kenny and escaped the pace to make their moves to get around him. So on the pegs, you had King of Love, Jakarta, Monarch Stride and Affair to Cover. In the running line, it was Escape the Pace, One Magic Kenny, Gunner and Have No Fear. They ran through the third quarter in 29. The leader was travelling really strongly. Have No Fear came to the outside, but it looked too late for favourite backers. Jakarta came away from the pegs and Monarch Stride did as well, which meant there was a big gap on the pegs, which Robbie Morris and Affair to Cover took. It ran second. Smart drive. Monarch Stride held on for third. Have No Fear was fourth. Don't think he loses too many admirers on that. Didn't get into the right spot. The leader just got it too soft in front. Sunny G finished sixth, which was a pretty good effort after galloping in the early stages. Best win of the night. A lot of leaders won, so I'll go with Wow. He's a rock star for Blake and Gavin Fitzpatrick. Was suited by a fast tempo, but he hit the line solidly, and those that followed him after coming back in great after Bathurst were rewarded. Uh, Best beaten performance. Stravinsky for Seton Grimer after he raced outside our Cosmic Major. New horse in the Grimer barn and the former Riverina pacer raced extremely tough to finish second. Seton's going to win one with him pretty soon. And best driver of the night. I'll go with Harry Ross on the croupier. It was a sit and steer job but he blasted it off a wide draw. Spoke with him last week and he said his next big goal was to get a Saturday night winner at Menangle so he can cross that off the, uh, off the list for the year. He's going to get some opportunities, the young kid with his claim over the coming months and best driver of the night last night goes to the croupier behind the leader secret wish still looking for a way out and further out was tapple move it's making some nice ground as well and then tarifa girl third quarter 28.6 to the bend they run and our ultimate ivy charged up dash to the lead over corlette Back on the inside, uh, struggling away is hot jiving. Our ultimate Ivy in front. Late the outside is Secret Wish. Corlett fighting bad. Our ultimate Ivy in front. It's all out. Secret Wish and Corlett coming back at it. Secret Wish the outside. Secret Wish is the one. Secret Wish has got up to defeat either Corlett or our ultimate Ivy. Always like to talk to first-time winners on the show. And Hayley Ingold opened up her training account on Friday at Newcastle when Secret Wish proved too strong in one of the races on the program, and Hayley's joining me to have a chat. Congratulations, Hayley. Well done. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. No problems at all. Um, tell us a little bit about Hayley Ingold and where the introduction to harness racing came for you. Yeah, so uh, just my dad, Dean, he trains and has trained all my life, and my pop, Charlie Camilleri, he was also um, quite a renowned trainer in The Hunter, so I spent most of my school holidays and stuff there giving him a hand, and that's where I really fell in love with it. And so horses, obviously, have always been a huge part of your life. Yeah, definitely. So what is it about them? The, just the, the ability to work with them and a little bit of um, relaxation? Do you find it, um, you know, stress relieving? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you get up in the morning before work and just 
something to do before work and after work that kind of gets your mind off everything. So you are one of the participants in the sport who has a full-time job outside of the industry. Tell us what you do. Yeah, so I'm a practice manager at a medical and skin clinic in Singleton. Um, so that's full-time, but I'm really lucky they're quite flexible and can have days off to go to the races and everything. So it's really good work-life balance. And it was is that something that um, you've always been interested in, um, being a practice manager? Yeah, yeah, it has been. Um, it's a really good job and I really enjoy it. Okay. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about Secret Wish, this mare of yours that won the first race for you. Um, you haven't had her too long? No, no, probably about two months or so. I'm very lucky that she was given to me and my sister from one of Dad's owners. And, yeah, she's been really good to us so far. Well, take us through the run on Friday night because she showed pretty good gate speed and was able to get into a nice spot. Yeah, um, I always thought that if she could cross the three horses inside her, she would probably be a place chance. But, yeah, she really surprised us when she won. Yeah, well, she she looked to be travelling pretty strongly um, when when the horse made its move up three wide approaching that home turn and Blake was able to then um, to, to move to the outside. And what were you thinking on the home turn? Were you thinking, oh, do, I'll be happy if she if she just runs a place? Yeah, I was always going into it thinking if she run top four, I'd be happy. And I did, on the turn, I didn't think she was going to do too much. And then she just um, kept battling away and got the chockies. What was the, the feeling like for you when she won? Yeah, it was really good. Dad was next to me and gave me a big hug straight away. And yeah, it was just really good to finally get the monkey off my back and get that first winner. So, so you've been training for a few seasons, just, just kicking around a couple of horses? Yeah, just the two. Um She's the second horse that I've trained. So, yeah, it was really good just to get that win out of the way. And now do you just take her back for another race at Newcastle? Yeah, so she'll race the same grade um, with her mare's claim and everything. So, yeah, she'll be just ticking around the same grade in Newcastle. She seems to like the track there. Blake drove the winner for you, Blake Hughes, on Friday night. Do you, you use other drivers? Is Blake the, the regular driver for you? Um, Blake's been driving her, um, he drove her in a trial and drove her in the start where she placed, um, but yeah, other drivers, if he's not available, um, Andrew Burke and Grace Vanella have both drove her as well. Have you done much driving yourself? Have you done any trial drives or is the the driving doesn't interest you? Uh, I do have my trial drive license. I just haven't had any drives yet. I'm just also interested in the training side of things at the moment. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a good start to the year for you. Now, the other horse you've um, you've been training, Alex T, is is that the other one? Yeah, yeah, I trained him. Um, he uh, was a bit of a difficult horse, but um, I've moved him on now. I um, retired him, um, but no, he was all right uh, for a first horse to train. Um, definitely kept me on my toes, that's for sure. So, is there another one coming in to replace Alex T, or are you just working just uh, working secret wish at the moment? Um, I do have a two-year-old at the moment that I've just bought in um, and jogging her up. Okay, and uh, how's everything going along with that one? Yeah, so far so good. She does everything right, so it's a really good start. So after, a, you know, like looking at working a full day, how many hours are you out spending with the horses outside of your, your full-time job? Uh, probably about two to three. Okay, so um, it, it's quite an investment of time. So the win on Friday would have been a, a, a nice elixir for you. Congratulations on the victory. Always nice to catch up with first-time winners, and we wish you all the best of luck going forward. Thank you. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winning. Hey. 
That's pretty good. Winner! That was legitness. That I say, all right, all right, all right. Wow, winning. Bam! Just like that. That's all there is to it. That's, that's all there is to it. A winner! Well, the tipping challenge, I had a second and a third this week from my two tips. And Mr. T, he got a $1.40 winner. So the updated leaderboard is minus $29 for me. And Mr. T is minus $94. So where is Mr. T off to this week? Not surprisingly, he's still out in the Western Districts. But with Bathurst later in the week, he's going to Parks on Wednesday night. In race six, he's tipping number three, Bella Ganoush for Daryl Dwyer and Jack Chappell with the five-point claim. Coming off a second at Dubbo last start when it was narrowly beaten, Mr. T believes it can get back into the winner's list. So race six... Six, number three, Bella Ganush. And race seven, he likes number three, Dunn Spruken. Ran second in the Breeders' Plate when Jack Painting drove. Has since been to Bathurst, where it finished second again. And Mr. T thinks it can go one better at Parks. And if it leads, it'll take a lot of beating. Race seven at number three, Dunn Spruken. Uh, my two. First one is at Menangle on Tuesday. There's only the seven races. And I'm going to go with a first starter for the Kirian Morris Stable. Race 5, number 2, Power to Impress, was a trial winner at Menangle on a rain-affected track just prior to Christmas. The time was only slow, but what I really liked was the final quarter speed. Came off the leaders back to win the trial in 26.8. Finds itself in a pretty winnable race for its debut effort. So let's go Race 5, number 2, Power to Impress. A... uh progeny of Lazarus. And the second one, I'm going to go for a bit of value here. Old Luke has drawn the outside of the second row over the short trips at uh, the short trip at Parks, which makes it really tough. But I like the way it hit the line last start. Didn't get a lot of room um, after racing on the pegs. So race four, number 10, Old Luke for Amanda Turnbull and Isabel Ross. Really need them to go hard. But with Satellite Simba drawn one, there should be some speed on Old Luke at Parks for me. In fantasy harness racing, Champo 71 has had their lead cut big time overall. It's now just 40 points. Manning 1990 is still second. Last year's winner, Will Norman, he's down to eighth. A few of the big names have become very cheap buys, including Cam Hart, who's gone from a, a $2 million buy down to about a $1.2 million purchase. Week six was won by Mays with 656 points. Jack Morris was second with 633. I'm still hanging on to my spot in the top 100. I'm 73rd overall, but tough week for mine coming up. There are a lot of meetings, and captain selections will be interesting. That just about wraps up the podcast for another week. Big thank you to Joe Connolly and Hayley Ingall for joining me today. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. It'll be back again next week. Have a great week. 